Hello, everybody. Today we are roasting our own artwork. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need to hear at Artcraft tutorials, critiques, professional development, and workshops. So, Jordan, why is this one of your picks for roasting your work? Oh, it's just not very good. Um, I when I designed this, I think I was I was in grad school and I was just starting to take character design classes and I could not get the hang of it. And I remember like doing all those thumbnails that you guys see on the bottom left. And my teacher would be like, why did you add this? And I'm like, uh, I thought it looked cool. And he's like, no, Jordan, no, it does not look cool. You have to find a reason. And I was like, okay, okay I'll find a reason. And, and literally everything, whether it was the flap or like flap over the front, whether it was the you know wristbands, whatever. And I had to learn quite a lot about it. And, uh, and also my call outs were just not very helpful. He's like, yeah, steel toed boots. We could tell Jordan, like we can tell those are still <laughs> so yeah, it was just it was just kind of awful. <laughs> what did you learn from this piece, Jordan, that you took and applied to the future pieces and even the ultimate design you got for Atana? Yeah, so I think the number one thing was have a reason for everything that you do. And this is something I tell my students all the time because I, so I, I'll tell you a story. I was in class and I had a student who's designing like a a, a warrior, uh, like military guy. And he had a knife on the character that was sticking up like this on the shoulder. And I was like, why did you do that? Because it was just up to this high. He's like, oh, I just thought it looked cool. And I was like, if he bends his head, he's going to stab himself, basically. It's like, you, you got to think through this, man. You got to think through this. And it reminded me of myself. So, yeah, you got to always think through your designs. Um, <laughs> it's very important. Remember, everybody, if you want to enter our fall raffle, give us a super chat or super sticker during this live stream, because you know what? I'm having a meltdown over the Instagram hack, and it's happening at the worst possible time when we're having the raffle. So this is a great time to support us. Kat, how about this piece? This was a piece I made for personal reasons because I wanted to develop a portfolio of visual development um, because I was intending to apply to an animation school. So I thought it would be helpful to have some background painting examples. And why don't you like this piece? I think you can tell that I'm not very passionate in it. I started out, this feels like a sketch still. And if I had gone in and been more attentive and been more loving to the piece, I suppose, I would finish it up. I would give it more details. I would give it animals. I would research the landscape better. I just sort of put in really pretty trees, sunlight, this weird architectural element that we don't know why it's there, as well as the people. I think the people were such an afterthought. They just have blankets draped over them. And there wasn't, I mean, to Jordan's character design points, I didn't have good reasons for any of the choices in this drawing. Jordan, do you think some of it is time management? Because it sounds like between the two of you, you feel like you skipped a lot of important steps. I think personally, I think it's more of lack of knowledge more than mm -hmm. time management, because if I because I know for that project I worked on, it was a lot of hours like it, it wasn't I, I didn't run out of time necessarily. Um, it was just I don't know what I'm doing. And so that contributes to the poor decisions, because if you don't know what to look for, you're bound to make those mistakes. And thankfully, you know, school is a great place to make those mistakes. But unfortunately, we have 
moments like this where we have to look back and go. <laughs> well, Amber says, I love it as it looks like a dream. And I think, Kat, what can get tricky is that we have things we want to work on, but at the same time, we have to listen to other people. But then who do you listen to? Because I know when I post something on Instagram, people follow me for a reason. They like my work. And so it's not common for them to like critique it. And so what do you do with all these different comments, Kat? I think it's a choice um, and it's a very difficult choice. And that's actually the problem, the problem of choice. <laughs> and with enough experience and enough projects where you get multiple points of views, you start to understand how to be the sieve that some answers will be applied and come through, but some you got to keep in that sieve. So it's honestly a skill. It's a skill to be able to parse through the good suggestions and apply them. And Jordan, I think it sometimes depends on who the comment is coming from, because you receive comments differently depending on who's giving it to you. Yeah, I think I always kind of have to parse through it, uh, just like Kat said. I, I take the criticism more carefully when it's someone who I admire, especially, or I appreciate the work that they will do because I know that they know what they're talking about. But as someone who has no clue what they're saying, and I know that beforehand, I will be less inclined to receive that information. Uh, not to say they don't have a valid point here and there, but usually I take that with a lot less. Uh, I don't apply it the same way. <laughs> Also, Kat, I know you're going to give me the truth because <laughs> you were in my house in August and I did that Moulin Rouge commission, which everybody was supportive of online. And you looked at it and you said, Clara, that's really stiff. <laughs> I, was like, I did it. Oh. I didn't say it like that. I didn't what did say you like say? That. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I piled on the braces. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. This feels so naturalistic. The form is really good. The texture is all there. What I said was it seemed stiff online, but in person, it was so much better. Okay. Currently, I have no memory of any of that. <laughs> all right. Everybody, tell us in the chat, do you self-critique? And how do you do it? Because I don't think it's an easy thing to look at your work critically because we are so close to what we do. It's very hard to look at it objectively. This is a portrait I did in 2012. It was part of my series called Falling. And this was the first round of pieces I did. Very large portraits, four feet by three feet. And this one, like, like what is this? What is this hand gesture? I mean, yes, it's a gesture that the model did. And I had thousands of reference photos, but I feel like it looks like it's somebody like playing a joke on somebody. Like it's not about, it, I don't know, she looks like a clown doing a performance, or like a mime, like why did I pick this reference? I mean, I, I think oftentimes, Jordan, we think about, oh, well, this is what I want to do, but then it comes out another way. Oh, that happens all the time. It's so uncomfortable because you spend all this time planning and thinking about how cool it'll look. And then you see the finished piece. And it doesn't look good at all. And uh, I think we all face that. I think we all face that. Apparently you are right now. And sorry, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
just spent so much time on the stupid wrinkles in the hand. But then the fundamental gesture is really stiff. I mean, this really, to me, feels like a pose. And that, to me, was a big disappointment because this was supposed to be about movement and gesture. And so somebody might look at this and say, oh, wow, your details are so good. I'm like, yeah, but I'm missing the fundamental part of this piece. And Kat, that feels like crap. I understand. It's because sort of like the skeletal structure of the piece is not strong, but you spent so much time on like the skin, the hair, the details, the surface, basically. And you almost feel embarrassed that you got distracted by the details and overlooked the fundamentals. It's like the heart of my piece doesn't <laughs> exist. It's just sprinkles and nothing else it just feels so shallow to me like i was just valuing all the stuff that didn't matter and i didn't understand what was the point <laughs> tell us in the chat cat mentioned that sieve where you just get all these comments how do you filter through them who do you know who to listen to because actually jordan there's a lot of commentary we get we got to tune it out sometimes Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, for me, I have to do my best to think objectively about it. And because you're right, Clara, there's a certain point where we're so into our own work, and it's hard to see the forest from the trees. And if someone is coming with you, even if it's a comment you don't like so much, if you can figure out what the heart is of what they're trying to say, maybe they don't word it the way you wanted to, maybe there, there is an element to it. I think if you can learn to do that, it'd be, it, it will work better for you in the long run. Sometimes it takes a minute for me to absorb the feedback because Lauren told me, and I do this too, is when I get initial critical feedback, I look at it, I'm like, I did that. But I already thought about that. <laughs> Why do we have that? I mean, I'm a professional. I should just be like, oh, yes, yes. But part of me goes, no, I didn't. It almost feels like a personal critique when somebody's like, you should consider this. And then you think, you think I didn't think of that? Of course I would think of everything. Um, but I think at a certain point you have to realize you're human. Sometimes you overlook things. And also this isn't a critique of your character. It's just a suggestion of another possibility in your artwork. 7A says the audience of who sees something is gonna vary on what they feel comfortable telling you too. I think like your friends are gonna wanna be kind. Yeah, and sometimes compliments are frustrating because people are just saying, yeah, it's good. And you, you just feel like you're not getting much information. Jordan, when did you make this piece? Uh, I think I was a senior at RISD uh, when I was doing this. And um, I, I told you guys this before the stream, but when I opened the file, there, it actually wasn't looking too terrible because it had all this rim lighting on it. And I realized that was my teacher's edits and I had to remove them. And I, export, I was like, oh, this is so terrible. I have to put it for the stream. So I'm embarrassing myself. I have no anatomy. I have no uh, structure. I, I don't know who this character is. I don't know what that thing is on his arm. It's been seven years. I've never figured it out. I was just like mechanical object. That's about as far as I went. And um Shapes don't make sense. I don't know who I, I you guys can make up a story for him if you want to. I just put biker design, but maybe he's something different in your world. I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> maybe he'll maybe I'll design him and update him for shadow boxers. Who knows? <laughs> I think also one thing we're starting to target is the content and the intent. 
is separate sometimes from how successful the technique is because somebody might look at my portrait and say, oh, fantastic, you've got great technique. I mean, yeah, but like fundamentally it didn't work. And Kat, Jordan here saying, oh, I don't know, is this not a good way to start? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I encounter this problem sometimes in critique where somebody puts up something that they've made and they immediately put themselves down going, I don't know, I, I guess it's just not really good. And I, I didn't consider this and I don't know that and blah, blah, blah. And it really sets the tone for the critique where people are like, either we're going to give you superficial praise here or we're going to just agree that you suck. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. But I think in this case, um, Jordan is now coming from a basis of much better and experienced knowledge. And so when he puts up this character design, we also know that he's grown since then. So we don't have to look at it in the light of, oh, this is terrible. But rather than that, we can look at this piece as, oh, it was full of potential. And I think now, Jordan, you've realized that potential. By the way, I know that you don't like this character design. I think there is a lot you do need to work on it, but I do love the jacket. I think the jacket's so specific and it calls back to sort of your love of Michael Jackson and his costumes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I guess that was a subtle influence and I appreciate you calling that out. Um, I don't, I, I really don't remember like all the stuff I thought of. I just knew I wanted to be edgy and cool and stuff. And I, I, was, I was like, this is the coolest thing I could think of. And um, I don't know, it, it, it's one of those things where you try something and you're excited about it and you just happen to look back and you see all the flaws with it. And I don't plan <laughs> to take this character anywhere so I can look at it and be at peace and know that this was just a chapter in my artistic growth. And that's all it is. I also think though there's value in looking at pieces that didn't go well because I'm looking at the clothing, <laughs> the folds, yeah. and I look at the folds in the clothing you're doing now, and they're fantastic. And here, yeah, it's not like you know, you know, I didn't know anything about clothing folds. I didn't learn that till I was in grad school, unfortunately. So that was all just me going like, I think that's right. And so, um, so yeah, and I actually see a comment about cowboy bebop and anime and stuff. I think I actually think there's something to that because now that I remember. I think I was really into Cowboy Bebop in, at this time. So that would make sense mm. <laughs> that, that that would kind of come out in my design. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 7A says, Biker Man is really a Borg that's trying to go undercover back in time and sabotage the 80s. And AA says, the jacket and the one glove, definitely Michael Jackson inspired. This character <laughs> loves dancing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even think about the one glow. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just goes to show that every piece has potential in it. Mm. Just these Easter eggs. <laughs> All right, Kat, tell us the context for why you made this piece. This was an illustration I made for the purpose of being the cover to my pitch packet. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, it's basically a bunch of work that you put together to give to an editor to say, please publish me. Uh, also, book deal, please. <laughs> so basically, I put together my pitch and then I very last minute realized, oh my gosh, I need to make a cover for this because otherwise it feels kind of unfinished. So I made this cover. 
I think in terms of the pitch cover, I mean, it did its job. I got the book deal, but I've had this shown to other people and other people have said, that's not the cover of the book, is it? I'm like, you're right. It's not the cover of the book. It's the cover of the pitch. But still, I don't think this was the best cover I could have come up with. I'm curious, Kat, did that sting a little? No, it didn't sting because I kind of knew it already. And it felt almost like a relief to have it confirmed that I could do a better job at this. I just feel to call back on, you know, content and fundamentals. I don't think I understood the big idea of this piece. I just had the kids in the antique shop. I had the antique spell out nostalgia. And that was really about it. Uh, I wish I could have given this piece more depth. I do like the drawings. I like the drawing quality. I like the objects. I just don't think they serve a higher purpose right now. Jordan, it seems like talking to all of us, most of the problems are in purpose. And sure, there's technique, but that seems to have a greater impact on the ultimate success of the piece than mm -hmm. technique. Yeah, well, actually, something I tell my students all the time and something that I learned when I was in grad school is there's a very big difference between having a good drawing and having a good design. Those are two very separate things. Like you could be technically very great. And, you know, we talk about that just when, in Kat's piece. But then there's the design aspect. There's all the things that the, the meaning behind it. And one way that I talk about, it, especially when it comes to character design, is when we think of those two words, we think of the design aspect. We think of all the cool visuals and all that, but we forget the character, like why we make those choices. Like, why does this character have a scar here? Why does this character have a tattoo? Why do they have their hair this way? And sometimes we separate those two when really they need to be combined. That said though, sometimes the goal of the piece doesn't have any concept at all. I mean, sometimes Kat, I sit down like, you know what, I'm not very good at drawing hands. I gotta practice and that's okay. I totally agree with you. I think it's all about looking at your works objectively and also again being that sieve is it a sieve or is it a sieve how do you pronounce that i know it's spelled s-i-e-v-e -E, but i've only ever read it never said it but i say anyways sieve. people in the <laughs> comments tell us tell us what tell it us says. <laughs> look it up google it <laughs> but being able to parse through the choices that you have and making the ones that feel the best and the most right to you Tell us in the chat, what is your overall critique experience? Because this is a good point from 7A who says critique is hard, both giving and taking. And actually what's interesting is we have critique channels in the Discord and a lot of people for good reason go in there wanting critique and assume that's the experience, but it's not. Jordan, have you learned from critiquing other people's work? Oh yeah, I think one of the big things is just knowing what other people see first. Um, I think that that's, a reason we have the tangent police like people just call it tangents all the time because mm -hmm. when we're working on it we don't see it but the, the first thing that other people see is like hey i don't understand the depth here what's going on is this in front of this or is this in front of this and it seems annoying but realistically like some of those things are the most helpful and so uh i think it can be incredibly challenging to hear but it's also necessary and, and the only reason i think it's so difficult is because we are it's just so personally attached to our artwork. It's like a part of us that's, like Kat said, critiquing our character when really it's not about that. Well, I think it's easy to say to yourself, I finished the painting, that's it. But it's not. 
finishing the painting is one piece of the overall process. So I'll finish the painting, I'll get some critique, and then I'll go back, make revisions, get some more critique. So when you finish, finish a painting, you're not really finished. You're taking a stop along the process and then you reevaluate. By the way, everybody, please enter our fall raffle. And so my question to you is, do you learn from us or, and do you want us to keep existing? One of those two things, if you said yes, enter our fall raffle, because even the smallest amounts, they add up over time. And if you give us a super chat or super sticker during this live stream, it does count as a raffle entry. This is way back. Guys, I was, I don't know, 20, 47 now. <laughs> when I did this lithograph, it was from my lithography class my senior year. And this is a picture of my college roommate. And lithography is a very challenging technique. And so I think consequently people get very sucked into the making of it because it is so complicated. But as a drawing, it's so flat. I mean, what what is going on here with the shading? It's like one gray the whole way through. And there's so much white. I just didn't fill stuff in. And what is this neck? Like, what was I doing? Like, you don't know what's what. The anatomy is terrible. The collarbones are like way too far apart. I mean, I just look at, I'm like, what were you thinking? And, and Kat, I think that's a pretty common feeling when we look at our work we don't like. <laughs> yes, and sometimes you can really tear yourself down while doing it, but in order to see the potential of the piece, you can say, hey, I recognize that these are things that are wrong with the drawing and I can do better next time. That's also something I encounter in class where people, the environment of the critique gets really negative saying, this is all the stuff you need to fix. You need to fix everything. I need to fix everything. What am I going to do? And trying to reframe that attitude into something like, oh, I recognize these things. I'm aware of them. That's already such a huge step in a great direction. I also think I know when I'm drawing in a wimpy way. And that's what I did here. I was just so safe. I didn't want to upset anybody with this drawing. And Jordan, I think that's to me so disappointing when I know I'm playing it safe, when I'm not really trying to do something that's bold because I'm scared. That's probably the number one consistent critique I've ever gotten throughout my whole life. I know if you said it to me, Claire, I'm sure Kat has said it before and looking at my work. I know other people said it. And it's funny because I think a lot of it has to do with my personality. I just tend to kind of be very chill about things. I'm not someone who's just bombastic and just out there. And it comes across in, in, in my work and it's challenging because you're like, how do I how do I change who I am for this one piece when really I just want to stay in the background? I think that's something that is going to be a constant struggle in a sense, or something I'm going to continue to try and fight through. Allison says, I work as an online tutor, have to write critiques on student work. I learned so much from doing this for my own work. I find it much easier to be objective with someone else's work than my own. Oh, I feel like I'm walking in a fog when I'm looking at my work. But when I look at student work, I'm like, yep, this, 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 and this. And so, Kat, I think sometimes it has to do with stepping outside of yourself as much as you can. Yeah. And sometimes the answer, you know the answer, but 
you just need to face it. I think Jordan brought up a really interesting point in that it's not so much the drawing or the skill that needs to change, it's yourself, it's your mindset that needs to change around a piece. And that sometimes is the hardest thing to recognize. It, I guess a lot of people are in denial of that, but once you recognize it, again, that's a great step in a great direction. Lisa says, harsh self-critique can destroy the joy. You need to include positives too. Yeah, a lot of people mm -hmm. actually were asking in our Discord, well, why do you guys have that critique sandwich technique where you say something positive, then you talk about what to improve and you end with another positive note. And people will say, well, you don't need the positives, just tell them what they need to fix. And I disagree with that, Jordan. Why are those positive comments important? I think one, you don't, my goal, and I don't think anyone's goal on this panel is to just tear people down. Uh, we don't want to do that. We don't want to discourage you guys from doing our, our whole purpose of even having this channel is to encourage you guys to do as many different things as you want. And, you know, when it comes to positives, just reinforcing that, I think it's super helpful, especially for someone who's struggling. And, and for me, when I'm in class, if I'm talking about something that's negative, I try to make a joke out of it almost. Like I try and throw some humor in there because humor tends to disarm people like comedians, mm -hmm. maybe not so much nowadays, but they can say some really off the wall stuff, but they, you know, but they cover it with some humor and make you laugh. And it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. It's funny now, right? So it's the same kind of logic. And sometimes I can't see what's good. Sometimes I look at the work and all I see are problems. And if somebody comes in and says, you know what, you did a good job here, it's helpful. And so all critique, however positive or negative, is extremely important. So Sandy says, I'm a student in high school who wants to be a pro artist. Sometimes I don't get as much attention as I used to get at my old school. Kat, I've noticed that critique is something you have to seek out. It's not going to come to you. Yeah, you need to learn how to ask people for things. There's an art to asking for it. I think it's also good to be able to be able to ask from different kinds of people, because I think different points of view on your artwork is ultimately going to really help you as well. Jordan, tell us about this one. Oh, man. OK, so environments have always been an issue for me. They still <laughs> I still have issues with them today. But at this point, I was like convinced I was going to be like the next Nathan Fowkes, right? And uh, and when I was working on this, I I really wanted to have something with depth and something that was really cool and maybe try some some new stuff. And I can't, now I look at it and I can't stop looking at the rock shapes, especially on that clip in the back. I'm like, they're all the exact same width. And like, there's just, they're just like dominoes just kind of going back and back. And the, all, you know, there's not enough variety in shape here. And I'm like, ooh. This was a milestone, but this was is painful to look at now, admittedly. It's just mm, it was a chapter. That that's that's my slogan. It was a chapter. <laughs> I'm curious, Jordan, did you have reference images for this? I don't even remember. Um, I probably had a reference, probably not enough. Uh, because you know, at this time, I didn't so so at the time there weren't that many people who were knowledgeable of this specific type of style of illustration that uh that could really guide me and help me to make it look like like video game concept art and there were also just subtle things like that is like subtle design things that i just didn't know about like i had to learn what atmospheric perspective was like as i was doing this you know or i had to learn like hey maybe put some birds here give it some life and i was like oh okay so when you're trying to learn and you're frustrated at the same time it becomes rather challenging and 
I also have high expectations of myself just in general. And so all that combined makes it for a chapter. <laughs> so, yeah. Allison says, is it just too easy to get sucked into technicalities of using media print techniques that are tricky? You forget about the drawing or what you're trying to say in the art itself. Do you think that's the case, Kat? I think that can definitely be the case for a lot of people, everyone. And I think it's also just a case of experience. Over time, you'll understand how to oscillate between, okay, mindless drawing, just got to get the hatching done, and then stepping back and thinking critically, is this really saying what I want it to say? And that itself is a skill, as much of a skill as it is drawing. It's a lot to balance. You're thinking about so many different things and ultimately <clears throat> something gets left behind because you're so focused on other things. And that's okay because that's part of the learning process. All right, Kat, what's up with this piece? This was also a piece I made in a portfolio of work when I intended to apply to animation school. This is my first attempt. The last painting that we saw, that was the second attempt at a portfolio around that. I just think it's a very globby piece the digital brush strokes that I use, it's clear that I use like the round brush and I put it at 100% opacity and just globbed on shapes and they don't have a lot of finesse to the brush mark. And I also think the character in the foreground is poorly placed because her skin blends with the building and her shirt blends with the grass. What was I thinking? I don't know. Camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel, Kat, that you learned something about brushwork in this? Now I can see it. But back when I was doing it, I just couldn't understand what was wrong with it. I also know that this was a piece I made in isolation, basically. I didn't have anybody to look at it. And I was also basically around high school aged. So I didn't have a lot of art friends. I hadn't gone to art school just yet to get the critique I needed to hear because I just didn't know anybody who could give that to me. Yeah, Amanda says, I love going back and seeing all my cringe work. <laughs> it's a great way to see your progress very visibly. And we have some questions for people about where to get critique. So Karasu says, I've been struggling to find people who can critique my art. Most people are not in a place on their own where they can get it. You have to be in art school and most people are not in art school. Join our Discord. We have fantastic critique channels that people really, I mean, we push everybody to do a good job there. It's not one of those post and run servers. You'll get significant feedback. Now, if you want feedback from the staff and me, if you join our Patreon group, it's $20 a month. I leave really long critiques, like four paragraph critiques. So we have options. Some are free, some are paid, but take a look at that. And Thandi says, can you trust friends and family to critique your art? And as artists, is it normal to feel that your art is worse than it actually is? Well, Jordan, how about you answer the first part about friends and family critiquing? Do you trust them? Uh, <laughs> only I only trust them when I've had critique from other people and <laughs> and I just need some encouragement. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's kind of what they're for. I had a teacher who was like, you're, you're, if you need like encouragement, go to your mom for that because this is not the place for that. I'm, I'm here to tell you what's real. And so I think if you have friends and family who have a critical eye and who are honest with you, then that's fine. Um, and they don't even have to be artists, but they, if they know anything about colors or they, if they're able to say, hey, this character's blending in too much back here, or hey, something's 
you know, weird with the composition. If they can give you feedback like that, then sure, why not? But they tend to be the people who give you the least amount of, of, of what's the word? Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Ex not acceptable feedback, but uh, and critical feedback, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes their feedback is terrible. I've had people come into the Discord and say, well, my mother said this. She said, this is bad. I'm like, no, your mother is not equipped with the expertise and this is terrible advice. In general, I wouldn't ask them as a reliable <laughs> source. I know they mean well, they're really trying to help you, but they're not. I mean, if a neurosurgeon asked me, oh, do you think I should? I'm not gonna give advice on that. Although I guess with art, we <laughs> All right, Kat, is it normal to feel that your art is worse than it actually is? No, it's completely normal and it never goes away. You're always going to have imposter syndrome no matter how good you get. But I think that's also heartening because that means you are striving for newer, bigger, greater heights and you're never going to be stagnant. So it's normal, but it's okay. It's a good sign. I don't know. Sometimes I drag myself crazy or I just hate it the whole time. So you need to have a balance. I actually wonder if anybody's had the experience of looking back at past work and saying, hey, that's a lot better than I thought it was in that moment. And so we're looking at cringe work, but I also want to know the opposite. Has anybody had that experience? Yeah, I'm like, hey, I was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very recent piece. I just did this a couple months ago. And you guys know I've been exploring fan art. <laughs> so I can feed my thirst for air debate. It's very good. It's when you challenge it in a positive way, creative way. But I I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. I thought I planned it well because I was like, oh, I did all these thumbnail sketches. I did all this stuff. I'm so prepared. But then when it came down to it, actually, it's a very similar problem to the portrait where I just lost the gesture. And I got so entranced by the stupid pattern and the text. And really this piece is about the figure. The text and the pattern is more supplementary. And it just made me really sad because that clip of him singing is so feral and like super intense and full of movement. And I just feel like he's standing like this. It, <laughs> it just makes me really sad when something looks that stiff. And I think, Jordan, figures are hard for that reason. Yeah, that's a very common thing. Even for me, I've done so much figure drawing, and it, it always looks great in the sketch phase, the loose sketch phase, the thumbnail stage. It's always like, yeah, I, this is super ambitious. It's going to be great. And then over time, something happens where it just stiffens up a little more, a little, little bit more, a little bit more. I don't know what that is. I don't know why it's consistent with like almost every artist on, on the planet, but it's something that I have to constantly keep in mind if I want the piece to be successful in the end. Kat, why do you think it was common for me to tell people in my classes, your sketch is better than the final, which nobody wants to hear? <laughs> I think it's common because, I mean, it just happens sometimes you have this touch or this feeling or this like moment of inspiration where the sketch just, it's like comes out beautifully. But then when you go to the final piece, you stiffen up and you get a little bit freaked out saying, oh my gosh, it's the final piece. I better not mess this up. And because you put that pressure on yourself, you mess up and it becomes really, really stiff. I think it's also a skill to understand 
how to not put that pressure on yourself, first of all, to like sort of understand you can do it and it will happen. The other thing is knowing when to kill a piece, when to say, okay, this is just not going where I think it's going to go. And I'm going to spend too much time on this at this point and moving on to a new piece or starting over. That's a really tall feat, but that has better the fruits of labor than it would be to continually just beat the, was it, what's the saying? Beat a dead yeah. horse, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guess what, everybody? Um, our Instagram got hacked. So if you're wondering why nothing's happening over there, that's why. And yes, I'm having a total meltdown. I'm in cardiac arrest at this very moment. I'm trying to hide it. But this is why we really, really, really need your help for the fall raffle. I'm like, the one time we really need our Instagram, it gets shut down. And the raffle, I'm, I'm really freaked out now because it's like we could lose. They said three to four days. Four days out of a two-week raffle is sort of a big deal. So I'm having a little bit of a meltdown, but I just want everybody to know that's what's going on. We're not being unresponsive. I really, really hope it comes back, but I'm very worried that we are facing the worst possible situation because what I've read about all these things going on is that, I mean, I read some people, it took them like a month to get it back and other people said I got it back, but they've limited my posting and my, I'm just like really, really freaked out right now. So help us with the fall raffle. We need it anyway, okay? Because I have the world's worst business model, which is no paywalls. I mean, what was I thinking? That's such a dumb business model. But thank you so much, Amanda, for that super sticker. You can give it to us now, but if you go to artprof.org, the front page has the link. There's tons of information. You can always ask us how to donate, but it's extremely helpful for us to have that. And we need it. I mean, why did I think no paywalls was a good idea? I have no idea. Like, what was I thinking? There, there's a cringe moment. <laughs> the past. Because you're a good teacher. <laughs> well, being a good teacher is not very profitable. <laughs> That's the problem. Zach says, I've been an art prof viewer for a few years now. I'm amazed at the quality of knowledge I've gained from watching your streams. This community inspires me so much. Thank you all for what you do. Well, thank you so much, Zachary, for the super chat. And thank you, Amanda, as well. We do have spaces in our Flush Tones workshop that is this Saturday. You can register now and join our Art School Portfolios group. We are actually doing a one-week free trial for the BFA groups, that's for applicants and stressed out parents, because I know that's what I'd be doing <laughs> if my kid was applying to art school. You get voice sessions, professional feedback, and critiques. We are doing a Discord stage session right after the stream. Kat and I will be in there. This is where you get to talk to us on voice. It's so much fun to hear your voices, so I hope you can join us there. Thank you so much to our top Patreon supporters. You guys have been so loyal to us. And again, in terms of budget, this is it. This is most of our budget comes from the Patreon supporters. And that's why, again, everything's important. $5, that helps. It adds up over time. So thank you, everybody. Oh, thanks, Nina. I should. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> Instagram. I need to do that. Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> and Amber says, I wouldn't be here if you had paywalls or only Instagram. Thank you. Visit our prof.org. There's so much content on there that is not on YouTube. Use the search bar. Art Prof has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And Maggie would like you to subscribe for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.